Good morning. It is Monday, November 13th, five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Senator Tim Scott surprised everyone, including the host of the show he was on when he announced that he was suspending his 24 presidential campaign. It's suspending. I mean, why didn't he just say ending it? Instead of suspending. Whoa, okay. Suspending almost sounds like he's just taking a break. Allow me to educate you, young lady. Please. And, uh, even though there's no one listening, whoever might accidentally find us as they're traveling <laughs> from Ohio to Illinois in their mm-hmm. automobile. Mm-hmm. So the reason they use the word suspend is it allows you con- to continue to fundraise mm-hmm. and make money. So he will whatever, because he apparently the reports that he's in pretty rough financial shape from a campaign perspective. It will allow him to do fundraisers. It will allow other people to do fundraisers for him and ultimately retire that debt. So if you listen closely, it is almost, they almost never say I'm ending my whatever campaign. It is I am suspending the campaign and then they'll strike a deal with like, you know, he may go to DeSantis and say, hey, in exchange for my endorsement, you know, would you be willing to do two fundraisers, blah, 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 whatever. And so that is why you will always, almost always hear them use the term suspend. And sometimes it goes for years. Like I think Hillary, it took she may still owe people money. Who knows? But that the, the the for these campaigns to pay off their pay off their debt. Okay, so he said that uh, it's a lack of momentum in the race, and also bad polls, and possibly he is low on cash, and also well, he was in last place in most of the polls. <laughs> well, okay, so Good enough reasons to suspend. So here is the question. Campaign to you because I feel like you're more connected to the average person than I am because you're a good and decent human who didn't spend a decade plus of your life engrossed with these lunatics. I think it's a story in the moment it happens. And I think for the people who listen to WIBC, they're aware of who Tim Scott is and they're interested in it. At least it's a, you know, one day news cycle cycle story out of sight, out of mind, just like Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. But do you think the average person, like just if you, I don't know, is anybody even on Monument Circle anymore? It's It's hit or miss these days. But if you were to stop somebody on Monument Circle and say, do you know who Tim Scott is? Mm -hmm. What percentage, if you, if we took 10 random people Mm -hmm. and take away the homeless gentleman who might be treating his body like an amusement park, like 10 (laughs) somewhat professional together looking Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And so do you know who Tim Scott is? What percentage of the population would say yes? (laughs) They'd say he's the guy from that TV show, The Office. (laughs) No, that's Michael Scott, not Tim Scott. No, I think if you're in South Carolina, yeah, you're going to know who he is. But the farther you go out, no. and, And he doesn't have... He's got a pretty common name, sure. too, Tim Scott. Well, it's not like a Vivek Ramaswamy or even Ron DeSantis. Right, and that's why, a little inside baseball here, when we discuss topics, you look for the story inside of the story. And the story inside of the story, I think, is, one, how much Donald Trump sucked up and maintained a majority of the oxygen inside the Republican Party primary where even the guy who was the chosen one, for lack of a better term, Ron DeSantis, not only could he not get any traction, mm-hmm. he he backpedaled during during the event. And I, so I think that's sort of the story within the story is how no person, even a, you know, a guy who on paper had a pretty good resume and was affable and, and likable and and seemed like if you were to say in a traditional political presidential primaries we have previously known them would have been a guy that you said, man, he might catch fire. 
it just didn't happen for no. Tim Scott. His best moment was when he announced his campaign. I mean, he pulled it only 6% in his home state. Yeah. So that's very much like Mike Pence. Well, When you're not doing good in your own home state, that's a clear indication that the nation's not going to follow. It's also, because we did a story on either Thursday or Friday, about how Trump is beating DeSantis by like 40 point, points in Florida. And even when it's head to head, he's still beating him by 30 points. Mm-hmm. And so it's everywhere. It's not just Indiana with Mike Pence. It's not just South Carolina with Tim Scott. It's it's also the the guy, right? The Who this incredibly popular governor just simply, if you believe the polls, nobody can get any traction anywhere against Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, Tim Scott does very well in the favorability department sure like he's very likable but as you said people aren't interested people are interested in donald trump and i'm sure if you're a person running against trump it was infuriating because Mm -hmm. usually in politics there's a strategy that will work and it comes down to execution of the strategy and if you pick a good game plan and you execute it you're probably going to win however In the case of Trump, it seems like everybody across the board, from DeSantis to Tim Scott to Nikki Haley to Chris Christie, you have seen every strategy possible under the sun tried, whether it's hyper-negative like Christie, whether it is is for a long period of time ignore him like uh, DeSantis, whether it was kind of this middle ground like a Nikki Haley. Mm None of it seems to work. It's like watching that the the Giants Cowboys game yesterday, where the Giants didn't have their quarterback, and some guy named Timmy or Tommy DeVito or something was quarterback, who apparently still lives at home with his parents. And it was just like you're watching this game going, it doesn't matter what play the Giants call, whether it's a pass down the field or a run to Saquon Barkley, it ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is what it must be like to be run against Donald the, Trump. Against Donald Trump. Yeah. None of the strategies work. It yeah. just doesn't matter. People said we're going with Trump at least right now, and it just it doesn't matter. Okay, so Tim Scott announcing that he's suspending his presidential campaign. Now do Chris Christie. <laughs> no chance, Casey. Now, no no well, chance. Uh, he's still out there. And in fact, Chris Christie made a trip to Israel. I want uh, the people of Israel to know that there are hundreds of millions of Americans who stand with them, uh, who understand uh, the atrocities that were that were committed and why in the future we need to stand absolutely shoulder to shoulder with Israel, no daylight uh, between the American people and the people of Israel. Um, And leaders in our country need to see this for themselves because you can't, just from this, you can't uh, really understand it uh, until you see it. Um, I intend to go back um, to the US and uh, talk about this regularly so that uh, the American people who are being asked to sacrifice and to help um, Israel financially and militarily will know that what they're doing is uh, not only a a noble effort um, on their part, but also um, what friends do for friends. And uh, America has no greater friend in the world than Israel. Okay, so um, why did he go? Well, okay, first of all, 
can you imagine the people of Israel? Hey, there's a former American politician coming today to offer support. Oh, great! Is it like Bill Clinton? Is it is it is it George W. Bush? Is it Obama? Is it some former esteemed member of the U.S. Senate? Uh, no, it's Chris Christie. Do you think any has any person in the history have ever been like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that Chris Christie is here, Casey? This will fix everything. Yeah. I think it's free headlines. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I, again, I think, and unlike, and when you talk about what now do Chris Christie in terms of Tim Scott dropping out, yeah. Tim Scott has something to lose in the sense of, hey, he's a U.S. senator. He right. doesn't want to get embarrassed. He's got to at least make sure, and even though it's a pretty red state and he's pretty non-controversial, he's got to ensure that he continues to remain a U.S. senator. He's got to save some face for future political ambitions maybe he's wants to be a vice president he doesn't you know want to get embarrassed you know chris christie has nothing to lose right i mean he is a former largely disgraced politician from the thing on the beach to hugging obama to bridgegate there's nowhere for him to go so there's no way he's getting out at least through New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And he, what else is he going to do, Casey? Again, you have people jotting around the world on other people's dimes who, if they had to earn a living themselves, what would Chris Christie be doing? Right. He's, what, just going to go spend more time in Iowa, hang out in New Hampshire a little bit longer. I thought it was interesting because we're so used to, at least recently, seeing Chris Christie just beat up on Donald Trump, just angry. Yeah. Everything he's been saying has been negative. And here he is in Israel and it, he tried to present a softer side. Well, and it, it comes back to the balancing act. And again, the, the newer version of myself here, Casey, that mm-hmm. I'm trying to throw mm-hmm. on the, the people of central mm-hmm. Indiana. I like it by the oh, way. Oh boy. It's just, uh, it's, <laughs> if you were to look up pain and misery in the dictionary, you would see inside my soul right now. But, but part of me is in this newer, uh, kinder, gentler tone would say there has to be a balancing act and the balancing act. And this is what is really important is how do you, how do you, go and and point out the things Trump did that were egregious? And how do you gain traction on the things that were egregious that you should be able to gain traction on, like the COVID funding stuff and the putting Fauci in charge and being for mandatory masking and, and supporting closures of society? How do you present that to a, the people where you gain traction? I think part of the bitterness with a Chris Christie is he looks at this and says, why is this guy Teflon where no matter what he did, we can't even get people to go, yeah, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. There's not even, it's not even with Trump. It's not even a, yeah, it was really bad, but people, you can't even get a, yeah, that was really bad. And I think somebody like Christie looks at this and goes, what the, what magic potion does this guy have where we can't even get people to admit this guy royally screwed this up? Yeah, very frustrating on his part, I'm sure. But he said that he vows to relay the atrocities he saw in Israel to everyone in the United States. What does that mean? As if we don't see it. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean I'm going to tell you what I saw. Yeah, I mean, we're all seeing it all over social media. So it's not like we need his help to see the atrocities. So again, it, it is a different side of him. He actually looked concerned and a little bit more genuine. But at the same time, it also comes across as just a photo op. All right, Casey. Yeah. And uh, you know how I hate, I hate, like I just, I'm dreading this next topic when we come back from the commercial break. Okay. Because you know 
that uh, what above all else do I... Yo, you don't like being right. I know. And, it's and painful for you. There's some new polling out <laughs> that is part of the mm. previous polling mm-hmm. that supports exactly what I've been telling yeah. you mm-hmm. about the presidential election. And people better wake up to this because the polling is missing out big time on how they're doing the polling and other polling is showing that. Did that make sense? No, not at all. But we will <laughs> let you uh, collect your thoughts and get into it coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning, 20 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. A new poll came out this month. It was uh, from Quinnipiac, and it says that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. still gaining traction. And as he gains traction, guess who he's taking away from? I'm going to bet it's not Joe Biden. Correct. Oh, man, Casey, it's so weird. If only months ago there had been a radio show when all these Republicans were clamoring for Democrat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to get in. And then when he got in Mm -hmm. as a decided he was going to run as an independent, the Republicans that were doing the happy dance, if only there had been a radio show that had said, wait, you people better hold on because methinks you don't understand who this guy (laughs) appeals to. Um Oh, there was one. Yes, it was. It's called Kendall and Casey. <laughs> this was, you know, sometimes Casey, and you, mm-hmm. and you know, like, again, my least favorite thing is I hate to be right and I hate to tell people about being right. And I'm a very modest person. So as such, I, I am loathe to tout my own accomplishments. Um, but this this it's amazing to me. Things of people who are like in politics or watch politics closely or whatever, don't see. Because to me, it was so obvious from the beginning that Robert F. Kennedy, while he would pull from both sides, was probably going to pull more from people who would default vote for Trump Mm -hmm. rather than Biden, because the American people have sent a very clear message with with both of these guys, Trump and Biden. We don't want to have to make this choice. And we are looking for the first side who says you don't have to make the choice. That's where we're going to go. But if you force us to make a choice, there are many, many people out there who cannot stand Trump as a human being, personality, social media presence, whatever you want to call it. I think it's weird. I don't get it. I don't need to like the president. I just care about what he plans to do for the country. But they they revile Biden is reviled based on his policy choices and if you make the people make the choice between uh, being able to afford food or having to like, you know, the guy that they're voting for, they're going to choose being able to afford food. Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gives many Democrats who are disillusioned with the direction of the country, who are still what's left of the mo- more moderate Democrat. I don't I'm not sure how many people are even there in that anymore. But the point is, there's a whole bunch of people who do not want to vote for Trump. They absolutely do not want to vote for Trump. And if you gave them what they perceive as a viable option, they will absolutely take it. And Trump is going to lose. It is it has been clear to me long before he became an independent, long before he decided he was going to run as an independent, that this guy hurts Trump way more than he hurts Biden. And there's another poll. We've seen this Mm -hmm. multiple times. Another poll appears to show this. Yeah. So when you have the two of them together, Biden and Trump right now, all the polling is showing that Trump is in the lead. Yes. But when you throw the three of them into that big old can of soup, uh, it is Biden who walks away with the lead at 39 percent. Trump is at 36 percent. And it's because of Kennedy 
who is polling at 22%. Now, let me say what I've been saying just so we have it on the record. If Robert F. Kennedy Jr. does not qualify for the debate stage, and I have no idea if they've actually set the rules yet for that, it's usually like 10, you got to poll at 10%, um, maybe it's 15, I don't know, whatever. If he doesn't make the debate stage, then stick a fork in him, he's done. You'll see a bunch of people that will do as they usually do. I'm, I can't stand either of these two parties, and then it'll come down to pull the lever and they'll back off him. But if he can get whatever that threshold is necessary to make the debate stage, he will run circles around both of these guys in the sense that he has the ability to tap into both of their vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Now, just so everybody knows, I'm not a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. fan. I, I know you are. I've seen the photo. Boy, howdy. <laughs> um, but I've never squeezed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I've never attempted to grab his pectorals. I've never asked him to remove his shirt. That is the Casey in the Kendall and Casey show that has asked <laughs> him to do that. I haven't done that either. Um, boy, Casey, you were clinging to him like grim death. <laughs> I was not. Boy. He was clinging to me. He was, it was like 50 shades of gray breaking uh, out there in that photo. Right there in the hallway. Um, but but, but the, the point is, it, he has the ability um, on the environment, mm-hmm. he'll tap into people where Trump is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He will tap into on the vaccines and medical freedom where Biden is vulnerable. And this guy, if he can make the debate stage, will do very well. Now, he also hasn't had a single negative ad run against him. He is a complete lunatic on the environment. Mm-hmm. He is for reparations. There are all sorts of vulnerabilities on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that once people start learning about him, maybe that will impact him. Point of all of this, though, is he pulls from Trump more than he does Biden and poll after poll appears to be showing. Well, him. I think it's when if people actually learn a little bit more about things that he's interested in doing, like making a, uh, a, a national electrical grid where the government can turn your electricity on and off uh, they'll be a little less impressed with him but it is the republican voter who is going to him more than the democrat voter and it comes back to again the two parties are to blame because they have created an environment by which the two front runners are two guys that the middle of this country is saying we don't want either one of these people and the first party that forces us not to, like, if I'm totally convinced, even though Gavin Newsom is a total maniac lefty socialist, if the Democrats came out tomorrow and said Biden's dunzo mm-hmm. and Gavin Newsom is the nominee, that he would boat race Trump in a general election. Same thing with the Republicans. If they said, Trump, you're dunzo, it's DeSantis or it's Nikki Haley or it's whoever, and you're running against Biden, they would boat race Biden out of the building. I'm not sure it'd be a Reagan-type landslide because I don't think that could happen anymore, but I think it would be an overwhelming victory. And yet the two parties appear insistent upon forcing the American people to make a choice they don't want to make. And if you do that, people are going to look for a third option. Okay, so the last independent presidential candidate that was able to earn over 20%? Ross Perot. Very good. Yeah. In 1992. And he went on to receive 19% of the popular vote that year. And why did, and, and people forget it, Ross Perot quit and then started his campaign. If he hadn't done that, he might have done much better. Ross Perot did that well for two reasons. Number one, he had what at the time was infinite money, and he could actually literally buy network television time. And two, he made the debate stage. I cannot underscore the importance of getting on that debate stage because Bush was this tired old man and Clinton was this wild man and people looked at the two of them and were like, 
this dude makes a lot of sense. And by the way, Ross Perot was right about just about everything 30 years on. So darn it, we're out of time. I I thought we were going to be able to talk about Jill Stein, who announced her 24 Green Party presidential bid. What is this, her second, third, fourth time she's trying to do this? Well, and I know we got to get to a break um, because Kurt, by the way, Kurt Darling now has a full mustache for people who can't see Kurt in the newsroom. Uh, I don't know if that's a no shave November thing Mm -hmm. or what, but a mustachioed Kurt Darling will be satisfying my wife. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Go, go, go well, that's on. more interesting than anything we were going to talk about. <laughs> yep, Kevin. She, wanted to, she wanted to see me with a mustache, and I'm like, oh. okay. Kev, can I'm you never pl- doing it again, though. Can, can you please isolate the audio of Kurt saying purely to satisfy my wife? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I know we got to get to Kurt, but I just want to say this is another example, though, of the lefties in this country are so mad at Biden on a variety of topics, this woman could get 1% or 2% mm-hmm. of the vote, which might ultimately make all the difference. Yep. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Number 317-684-8444. Now, Rob, I was yes. gone all last week spending time with my favorite military personnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to have to help me out through some of these phone calls. Happy to do it, Casey. As, uh, to do it. I, don't, I don't know what happened here yeah. while I was gone. Sure. I, I'm assuming that you kept everything in order. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I was enjoying some sunshine. Yeah. With Congratulations. Some, yeah. With some people who do you a lot. You left the country for a while, too, didn't you? I did leave the country for a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? I had to get those people out of their skiffs, you right? You did all the things that I would never do, which is you got on a death tube, you left the country, and uh, look at you. Can I just tell you, by the way, yes, on, my, sure. uh, on my flight back... Uh, the person sitting next to me yep. took their so- took oh, their shoes no. off, and oh, I was face to face with someone else's socks. Oh no! This is G- so you were Steve Martin in planes, trains, and automobiles, and somebody next to you was Del Griffith. Yes. Why would someone do that? That is just the most disgusting. It's very. Thing. Uh, it's very. It's very. Um, well, inappropriate, mm-hmm. but it's also very inconsiderate. Yes. yes. Very inconsiderate. Yeah. Did they sell you any uh, shower curtain rings? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, you know what I did? I did the thing where I put my headphones in and yeah. then acted like I was sleeping and couldn't hear, yeah. even though there was no music playing and I was wide awake. Wait, That's wait, a great wait, trick. wait. You didn't sit next to your husband? Yeah, well, we, we did the aisle thing. Oh, okay. Because, right. you know, he's got those long legs. Yeah. He likes to kick him out into sure. the aisle. Yeah. And so we sat across from each other, not uh, next to oh, each other. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, so, somebody called and they asked. They were talking about uh, distilled water. Okay, for so, the baby. Yeah. So we had a we had a conversation. Uh, I think this was with Kloppenstein Stein mm-hmm. and I about how expensive everything has gotten. And I was talking about like the trips that I make to the grocery store now. Um, you know, I just get the bare essential stuff and wherever I can I buy the the Walmart brand although you people have ruined the agreement we had for years which worked for everyone which is you rich people buy your name brands I won't take that the poor people will buy the Walmart brand you leave us alone we'll have the crappy food and you spend more money and now because of the price of everything some of the rich people have invaded the Walmart brand which has made 
everything more expensive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I talked about buying was I, I, I buy distilled water because Casey, I don't know if you've ever had the water in Brownsburg. Mm-hmm. It's a nice shade of brown. That's <laughs> how the city gets its name. You huh? know, I, I'm thinking like at Guantanamo Bay, mm-hmm. there are two terrorist interrogation techniques. One is the thing where they hook you up to the electrodes and the other is they force you to drink the town of Brownsburg water. <laughs> so there's no way, Casey, I'm letting my baby mm-hmm. drink town of Brownsburg water in her formula whatsoever. All right. Well, somebody called and had a comment about their experience with oh. distilled water. For a few years, I drank distilled water. I drank probably close to a gallon or so a day for a few years. Then it caused me to get very ill. I actually finally, after going to a lot of different doctors because I was ill, um, my doctor actually called it cancer water. He says it's bad for you. And I told him I started drinking spring water, and he goes, well, that's a lot better for you. So um, just maybe it'd be better, you know, you could check into it and look at, look at things. But it might be better if you guys just drink spring water. It'd be healthier for you. And this guy, I just don't want to see you guys get sick or anything. Also, I was thinking about you mentioned that you're going to take a bunch of days off in December. Maybe you could ask your, um, your radio um, company. Um, if maybe they could just pay you, you know, instead right. of if you don't want to be off all those days, just give you the money for it, plus the money that That's when right. you do work, mm-hmm. so you don't have to be off that many days. That's I'm right. sure people are going to be, you know, probably bored out of their minds mm-hmm. that they're you're not there every single day, yeah. especially me, you know. But I mean, I, I know you need to take <laughs> off to use up some of your time, but maybe you could just, you know, see if some of the time right. they would just, you know, write you a check for plus the days you work, pay you for those too. I'd but, love that. So you try, you asked. I think we need a flood of emails mm-hmm. to go out to upper management demanding they do that because I did. I would love the, I would love nothing more than to just keep coming to work and then for to pay me for those days. I have so many days, Casey, that yeah. even taking the whole month off, I'm still I still roll over the maximum amount of days you're allowed to roll into over next year. into next year. Really? Yeah. Unlike me, where I'm like, can I get an extra day? Well, Let me borrow from tomorrow. Somebody also thought suggested maybe I sell them to Nigel. Oh yes. Maybe Nigel would like Ooh, to you buy can make my it a days. money maker. Yeah. That's a good idea. We all know Nigel is in need of more days mm-hmm. off. That's what Nigel and I have in common. We like to use our days. Yeah. I was talking with somebody who works here uh earlier today. Mm-hmm. I get weird when I don't come to work. Like, I feel like I'm being unproductive. Mm -hmm. And it makes me, it's like yesterday, I had a very rare day off where I didn't work Sunday at the golf course. And the whole day I'm sitting there like, I I think I'm letting somebody down or something because Mm -hmm. I was raised, you are, you work and you be productive. And I think I've taken that to an extreme, but I... uh, I'm, look, I'm going to be dealing with a lot in December, not coming to work each day. So you people keep me in your prayers. I'll check in on you, okay? I'll text you and let you know how you're missed every single thank day. You. That'll thank make you, you feel yes, better. Yes, thank you. Okay, somebody called. Today is a big day. Oh, Do yeah. you know what today is? Well, today is, yes, Casey. If you are a person who uh, does not pay your property taxes through your... Um, through your mortgage, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a person who owns your home, your property taxes are due today. Yep, and somebody called about that. Good morning, fellow Hoosiers. This is dreaded Monday for those of you who own property out there. Uh, final day for you to pay your property taxes. So just to let you know, get to your 
break your little piggy banks and uh, mm-hmm. get all your money out and give it to the mean tax guy. Mm-hmm. Get those property taxes paid today. Uh, after today, there's a late charge of 5%. And on what we're paying for property taxes, that could turn into a very hefty pile of money. So pay them and uh, hunker down. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. May will be coming again. Then we'll have to do it this all over again. <laughs> so good luck, taxpayers. Mm-hmm. You folks take care and pay those taxes. Yeah, and 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 nobody in the Indiana General Assembly appears at all to make this a priority, despite the fact that property taxes have doubled or tripled for many people over the past couple of years. There's not a single person uh, running for governor. There's not a single person. Uh, now, actually, let me say on the Republican side, Rainwater obviously has made this a priority, but the, they don't care. They think you're you, what you're asked to pay each year is just fine. They think the fact that you don't ever own your house is just fine, and quite honestly they keep being proven correct casey based mm-hmm. on the fact that we just keep electing the same people and that was a nice reminder from him that as soon as you pay it today no worries maze right around Absolutely, the corner you're gonna have to do casey, it again shut up and pay okay uh somebody called about the uh sheriff clark county yes yeah, so jamie Knoll is his name he's facing uh 15 felony account uh, uh Accounts. Uh, they include things like corrupt business influence, theft, ghost employment, official misconduct, and obstruction of justice. And when we talked about this on, I, maybe this was, I think this was Friday because Kloppenstein was here. So the story here that the Indianapolis media is missing, first of all, other than the Southern media, because he's from Clark County, Jeffersonville area, mm-hmm. and everybody's innocent until proven guilty. We always put that out there and make sure everybody knows, and that's what the court system is all about. But First of all, it's not really even being covered here other than a couple, like, just brief news stories. But the big story here is, and we read this guy's actual Facebook post, is his ties to the governor. Like, he is super close, Holcomb and and Jamie Knoll, to the point where there's a post where Holcomb and his wife are, like, checking on his kids at a local college university uh, here in Indianapolis and was, like, taking them out to – I mean, we're talking about essentially they're not family by relation, but essentially a family-type relationship. Mm -hmm. And the fact to me that the Indianapolis media isn't all over this, given what this guy is accused of – he was uh, District 9 chairman, I think, in the Indiana Republican Party, which makes him one of the 25 most powerful Republicans in the state. He was a county – uh, chairman, in addition to be a sheriff. The fact that people are not all over Holcomb on this, hey, what did you know? What do you think about this? This guy was intricately involved in your campaign. You're very close with him and his daughters. The fact that nobody has pinned the governor down on this, it just simply blows my mind. So Holcomb hasn't even commented. I've heard nothing, seen nothing publicly about it whatsoever. Interesting. Okay, well, somebody called and wanted to make a comment about it. Hey, last week you guys were talking about the arrest of the former Clark County Sheriff and wondering why that story wasn't getting more coverage. And one of your co-hosts pointed out that the Clark County is located outside the Indianapolis market, and the Louisville media doesn't cover anything that happens north of the Ohio River. That's not true. The Louisville stations do cover southern Indiana, and they've been reporting on this story for quite a while. Indianapolis media is the ones who didn't pick up on it until after the guy was arrested. Hmm. Okay. So... The, the story to me, look, whether this guy did it, didn't do it, I mean, 15 felonies, that's a lot. It appears they have quite a bit of evidence against this guy. But again, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. I actually have met Jamie Knoll before. Uh, that's a story for another time. But the story to me is the things he's accused of and given his very high stature 
in the state Republican Party. He's one of the 2025 most powerful Republicans in the state. And his very, very close relationship with Governor Eric Holcomb, the media in this city, whether it's Hogsett and the riots or I mean, it's just like what? Why yeah. do I have to do all the work for everyone? I mean, yeah. come on. I'll get told it wouldn't serve Hoosiers well. Somebody else might actually be able to get an answer on this. All right. Well, if you'd like to contribute with voicemails, the number 317-684-8444. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 1049, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Hammer joins us in the studio. Good morning. So you were on vacation last week. I was. Where'd you go? I went down to Fort Lauderdale and then took a little trip over to the Bahamas. Okay, so this was kind of like the tropical type of vacation. It was. I was there with, uh, you know, my favorite people who are currently military, so we had to spoil them just a bit. Okay, well, there's a lot of jokes that could be made there, but I'm going to keep it clean. (laughs) So, do you do the same thing that I do when I'm on these... Florida or mm-hmm. Cancun type vacations, mm-hmm. you end up drinking a bunch of crap that you normally wouldn't order here at home. Yes, like Miami Vice. Bahama Mamas, oh, yeah. Miami Vice, mm-hmm. uh, Banana Monkeys, things like that. I don't know what a Banana Monkey is, but we had a lot of fun drinking Irish car bombs, is oh, what yeah. it's called. Yeah, with, I, with the Guinness and the Baileys and the Jameson, and, and, and you, you drop, drop it in. Yeah, yeah, and then you do a little wrap around. And... We do that on St. Patrick's Day, kind <laughs> of around you? here. Yeah, yeah my brother uh, introduced Introduced me to that, so okay, we had some fun with that. So, Rob, let me ask you this: yes. I know you are very proud of your bartending mm-hmm. prowess. Yeah, if I were to come up to the uh, golf course <laughs> and belly up and say, "Rob Kendall, yes. make me a Miami Vice," yeah. can you do that? Uh, I would say I have Coors Light, <laughs> I have uh, Jack and Coke. <laughs> do you know what a Miami Vice is? Uh, I could look it up real quick, though. Yeah. I could stall. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't it's sound like overly Pina colada, yeah. half, half strawberry, strawberry daiquiri. daiquiri. I mean, we're we're yeah. pretty, like, where I bartend, it, it's pretty straightforward. Like, you got A, you got B, you got C, you got gin, you got vodka, you got... What's the most tropical thing that you've had to bartend? Uh, I can make I can make margarita. That's not really tropical, go. but yeah. you don't get a lot of golfers in the Midwest coming in going, make me a tropical drink. If Casey walks in and says, here's a $50 tip and I want you to make me a Bahama Mama. I'd do anything for 50 bucks. <laughs> He'd get out his, his bartender book of Hoyle yeah, and see what's I, uh, in there. It's pretty straightforward at the golf course, though. It's like you got beer, you got, mm-hmm. you know, kind of traditional liquor. And... So you're not standing up reading poetry yeah. like Tom Cruise and cocktail. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, there's a reasonable expectation expectation that this needs to be done in a timely, quick fashion, and I have a limited skill set by which I can... So you're offering Corona. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Nigel and I have talked about the movie Cocktail before. Like, yes, it's cool that Tom Cruise is flipping up mm-hmm. bottles and... Just give me the drink, man! Reading poetry to <laughs> chicks. I'm probably the guy in line that just wants a Miller Lite. Yeah. Can you stop reading for five seconds you know, we, and we, make me... You know, just give me a beer. Producer Jason and I have a, a buddy buddy in air quotes a guy we know and for years he was a broadcaster and he oh, like offset his in, his income in the off seasons when he wasn't broadcasting with bartending and he used to always brag about what a great bartender he was and we used to laugh hysterically because he would talk about how he would like twirl as he was serving the drinks it was like dude you're working at a local townie bar no one gives two you know what's about your stupid twirl they probably give you less of a tip because you're twirling <laughs> and that's what I noticed when I watch like Bar Rescue if you guys have watched that show while John Taffer does amazing things with some of these idiots that are trying to run these bars 
sometimes there's like a biker bar and they bring in somebody to train the staff. Yeah. Now make sure you shake it and smile at the bikers <laughs> when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's necessarily going to fly. The golf course bar, this is why I like working at the golf course. It's pretty straightforward, right? Like people want a little decent conversation about their game, about mm-hmm. how, you know, are you winning? How are you playing? A little humor in the mix. You make the drink quick. You get it to them and you Move say, let, let me know what else you need. I mean, this is why I like working at Does the Does anybody golf give you crap on politics? Uh, so actually, I've had this conversation multiple times. And the rule when I was hired there that my boss made because he knew who he was hiring, he knew there's this huge upside to having Rob Kendall work at your establishment. There's also, well, potentially a very <laughs> negative cliff that could be jumped off. If somebody w- comes to me and recognizes me and wants to talk politics or wants to talk about local government or whatever, that's fair game. As long as I don't instigate the conversation, then it's all fair game. So all the I get people all the time. Now, I've never had anybody negatively talk about. How is that possible? If you're around booze and it's you. I don't know. I can't even go vote without <laughs> some fat, squinty-eyed dork giving me Here's crap. what I've come up with, Hammer. Is and 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 you know how I hate to brag on myself, and so this is I do this begrudgingly. I have come to the conclusion that I'm actually just so beloved in Brownsburg <laughs> that people just that's it. They just love the yes. opportunity to be. You're not able in to the Hall of Fame there because it's implied. Yeah, exactly. People, I mean, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So just like, uh, oh, let's see, what was it? Saturday was the last time I worked was an example. There were a group of guys that play in a league there. They were out there shooting the breeze. Came back in. We sat there and talked for probably 10, 15 minutes. Local politics. Why? Because they instigated the conversation. Mm-hmm. They brought it about up about that stupid aquatic center that they're about to build near the sewage plant. But you don't get fat guys with fast food grease stains <laughs> squinting that look like they've been in the soup kitchen talking about banned books. You handled that perfectly, by the way. And, and um, you know, that guy was totally inappropriate. And I think you should call the ACLU on him and say it was an election intimidation that he attempted to intimidate your vote. Mm-hmm. And I think we should get a federal case opened up out of this. You know how hard it was for me not to beat the hell out of him? I know. I mean, he like, was. you know me. Like, and <laughs> I've been in scraps yeah, before. I know. Yeah. But I feel like that's what he wanted. Remember that time he almost got in a fight with Steve Entman? <laughs> I don't think I would have won that one. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that I, I think you should call the ACLU and say, I think this man attempted election intimidation by the profanity and the tone of voice and everything else. And, and he's he just got a, a case there. He looked like sloth from the Goonies, too. Like, I felt bad yelling at him because I didn't know if he was like, you know, something was wrong with him or not. Well, the ACLU has a new director, so this could potentially be could something be a, to get, you know, get their ground, feet wet. Groundbreaking case? Yeah. Jason Hammer, a victim of election intimidation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's get Merrick Garland in the feds on this and see what happens. I'm sure they're going to be rushing to my defense, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, did you see a guy won five and a half million bucks yesterday betting on sports? It was not me. <laughs> He bet $500,000 on a four-leg parlay, and the end of the game, it was the Texans and, and Bengals game, came down to a field goal. Dad, can you imagine having $5.5 million riding on the outcome of some guy kicking a field goal? But how wealthy is that, though? Like, That's true. Maybe he didn't miss the money. Hey, I went 3-1-1 one, one this weekend, though. Not bad. Did you win $5.5 million? Bucks? I did not. <laughs> so what's coming up this afternoon? Uh... Monday gun day with Guy Relford and the biggest stories in Indy. All right. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.